What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. It is Rachel Silver Cohen. And of course, my favorite sidekick, Dr. Boca. And here we go. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Good morning, Dr. Boca. How are we today? Good morning. I'm so happy to be back. I love our Wednesdays. I really do miss you during the week sometimes, Rachel. I look forward to whatever we're going to talk about. How's everything going for you? It's been busy. Yes. Well, busy is our normal. And what is normal these days? That's the big question. There is no normal. I've learned over the years, there is no normal. Just when you think you figured it all out, it changes. Well, I couldn't agree more because what I'm finding recently... Okay, you say, how are you? So that's a loaded question. (laughs) What I think is not normal, I'm just going to come right out and say it, that kind of I'm the odd man out is what I'm finding going on relative to all of these cable shows, Netflix series, dramedies, etc. That what is normal, all of these dystopian-like plots, if you will, Mm. right? Yeah. Where Mm -hmm. that's become normal to watch shows where there's just wretched violence and corruption and no control, whether it's the lunacy is, I don't know if you even know about this whole thing going on with this squid game. I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. But I'm not usually drawn to that kind of genre. But I have heard, I mean, the kids are talking about it, even though they haven't seen it. Everybody at school is talking about it. So enlighten me because I've only heard disturbing, intense, graphic, and hard to wrap your head around, but that's the gist of what I've thought. And my question to you, which maybe I haven't even asked the question yet, I don't want to sit and spend an entire podcast talking about Squid Game, Mm -hmm. but I'm just using that as the example. It's a series now on Netflix that's a South Korean-based series, if you will, where in a million years, I just can't believe that it would be normal to have a show with such popularity where people agree to go play games that they played when they were children and not even knowing that they are going to play games, but they're down on their luck. They have no money. They're a menace to society or to their family in one way, shape, or form. And that greed and being just desperation, which is such an Mm. awful way to describe it. But that is what attracts them to the power of money and Mm. opulence and this big prize at the end, right? But what do you have to do to get to the prize at the end? The prize being money. The idea that playing a game and if you lose, you don't just say, all right, you're out and go sit on the bench. You get murdered. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Holy shit. And again, without breaking down all the nitty gritty details, Squid Game, The Hands May Tell, okay? I mean, talk about a dystopian society where you're like, what is going on here? And are the lunatics running the asylum or are the leaders cleaning up the asylum? So you have the government discord. Shows like Succession. I don't know if you watch. No, I haven't seen that. I'm I'm one for three here. I'm one for three. Well, good. (laughs) Then maybe you're doing something right. And my free time, which is so limited, 
I'm watching all the wrong shows. Succession is kind of loosely based on like a Rupert Murdoch type of family, Mm -hmm. media mogul business. But in the meantime, every family member is more cutthroat than the next. Mm. And it is so uncomfortable to watch that if your own flesh and blood could do you so wrong, can you only imagine what real-life business interaction with people that you don't live under a roof with. Right. You have no vested interest in, no feelings for, no love and appreciation and respect for. So the commonality to me in those three shows is values. Like, where's our value system that seems to have been broken somewhere along the lines? Because to me, it's like killing people would be against what I would morally assume would be in people's moral handbag, right? And Handmaid's Tale, having watched it, yes, beyond disturbing, I'm not so in denial, I guess, that we're moving in a direction where that could one day maybe, I I mean, I hope to God not, but like maybe that could be a reality or we're seeing pieces of the concept where there's no value for, I mean, obviously they, they attribute value to a baby's life, but they don't necessarily attribute value to anybody of the, I'm going to call it the average level of society, right? And the control that people have and the value system when you're chasing money and greed and this desire to have more, be more, be in control really, it just diminishes all of our morals and values that were instilled in us. And so that's kind of like the common thread through all of these as we see them in so many different types of medium and different storylines and different characters and stuff. I just wonder, though, why that's become so prevalent. Why are we as a society, and not everybody, I know there are, we talked a few podcasts ago, the people who spend hours and hours and hours watching TikTok of little kitty cats and, and you know, happy <laughs> little trees and the Bob Ross specials and things like sure. that. So I don't, I'm not boxing myself in solely to only being drawn to this dystopian type of entertainment, if you will, because, because it's not just me and it's not all I watch, but when I do watch it, it strikes such a deep chord because the level of entertainment now, it's not entertaining to me anymore. It's It's disturbing. disturbing. And I want to know why there's articles about it all the time, why people are talking about it all the time, why you're saying, well, my kids aren't watching it. Guess what? Your kids may not be, but kids are. Oh, yeah. Why is that okay? Why do you think there's mass shootings and school shootings? Where are people getting this from? And to the point that we've made, even a few podcasts ago, when we interviewed all from college and talked about college kids and, and kids in just our generation that we know it to be now, is what these children are seeing through all of these different media platforms having such an influence that you have to connect the dots somehow through all of these negative, vapid, criminal, violent type of shows. For what? What is the purpose? Well, so I think it desensitizes. I mean, there were like eight questions in their age, but somewhere in there, yes, this generation is 
definitely desensitized to a lot of the things that we in our generations and previous generations would have thought so foreign, again, against our moral fibers and against our value system. And is social media exposure through news and, you know, 24-7 instant gratification of graphicness that appears and the realities that as they've seen more of that, there is a direct correlation, right, to school shootings and bombings and mall shootings and violence and rapes and tortures and child trafficking, like things that we didn't really know of back then. So yes, I do think that there's a desensitization that happens for sure. I also think that it is a longstanding psychological phenomenon that some of these things trigger our more id impulses that we've repressed. And so seeing these types of things allow people to have a connection to some of those darker parts of them, those murderous fantasies, those violent wishes that they wouldn't allow to come out ever, right? A lot of people have them, not necessarily aware of them, see it. They can express those feelings through visualization and fantasy without actually having to act on it. And it kind of serves as a release for them. So people are kind of drawn to it. And also think about when you are driving on the highway and there is a terrible accident. We are drawn to that. People stare. That's why there's that whole rubbernecking phenomenon of traffic, right? We are drawn to the grotesque. We are drawn to those things that we know we shouldn't be looking at but yet we are so compelled to see and to process and to understand. I get it. I know. And to some degree can understand having that like deep rooted inner feeling of like your own internal lion or dragon Mm -hmm. or devil or vampire that at some point has to rear its head. So, okay. So go to the gym and punch a punching bag and beat the living shit out of it or go to a karate class and learn jujitsu or something. Mm -hmm. But the the idea that someone would write and direct a series where the plot is you take a bunch of people who are so desperate and down on their luck and you pit them in a... You throw them into an island where no one can contact them and they have no idea where they are and, they, and they're and they drugged to even get there and they dangle the prize of a zillion dollars and murder is the consequence of losing game. I just... It's like Hunger Games. Games. Yes, it is the South Korean version of Hunger Games yeah. that I just can't... I have a stomachache just thinking about it and the violence and the, the mental mind framework that's Mm -hmm. involved in even putting something that intricate together. Like we need more Ted Lasso. Absolutely. Love him. I can picture Ted Lasso, who is just the epitome of kindness and morality and Mm -hmm. finding the good and even the bad in my warped, unpolished imagination. I picture him trying to, like if he was in one of these squid (laughs) games, episodes, right? That he would try to somehow get up there and give a monologue sure. to evil demons and Ted Lasso himself out of what he got lassoed into. <laughs> and I, that I would watch. And you know. Well, and some would argue, maybe we make Ted Lasso president. 
right? And he can bring everybody together and in this celebratory, positive, kind way, right? I mean, there's probably people who have fantasies about that. A lot of it, again, I think that when you lower your standards to allow this stuff on our media, I mean, think about it. Cable TV, when we were kids, were so risque, right? And we cringed at some of this like HBO After Dark. Like, I don't even know what HBO After Dark was back then, but maybe it was like a little bit of soft porn or something, or, and maybe I'm referencing the wrong thing, but anything that was on after nine o'clock, we thought was so risque and it really was not, but it was just tweaking that questionable place that we went. And then we've lowered those standards and lowered those standards and lowered those standards. And now more and more, and it's becoming offensive and like you said, violent and grotesque and all of these things. And nobody's saying, hey guys, not okay anymore. Like you have pushed the line to the point where it is unacceptable. Nobody's saying that. They're drawn into it and they're perpetuating it. Here's the thing. I think we have a responsibility then to practice what we preach. I'm saying I'm not comfortable with it anymore. Maybe I've changed and I'm actually happy about that. But you're watching it. Well, yes, but now (laughs) I'm saying that it's leaving such a negative imprint on me that that's where I am changing the dial, literally and figuratively. Mm. I'm changing the channel. My kids even said to me, Mom, you don't like Squid Game? And I said, no, there's nothing about it that is appealing to me. It's not redeeming. turned off Mm -hmm. by the disgustingness of how violent it is. And I'm even more turned off that everyone's talking about it. I'm like this squid pro quo, right? (laughs) I love that. I love that. There's nothing redeeming that you can give me from me watching something like this. Right. It's like a time suck and it's societally just awful. (laughs) I mean, I don't even have a better word. Just disgusting and awful. But you bring up a good point. I guess the first question that I have, is it your generation or our generation that's watching this? Or is it our kids' generation and college age kids and and young adults? Because I haven't spoken about it with anybody, but I'm talking Squid Games in general. I know Handmaid's Tale, a lot of us watched, right? But I don't know about Squid Games so much. But I guess the question is, we see this as a trending thing across the world, right? We see that if you go onto Netflix, Squid Games is number one uh, trending or two or whatever it is. But one can also argue that it's made up of one demographic and that we, if we really like plotted it on a graph, we might see, and this is totally a might, but we might see that there are the younger demographic is what's leading the trend on Netflix shows. And maybe the older demographic is leading trends on, let's say, Hulu or are leading the trends on HBO. You know, again, it may be just skewed as to what's trending based on who watches Netflix, because a lot of people I know are watching sports on NBC or ABC or Fox sports channel. A lot of people watch only documentaries. A lot of people, you know, so these data points where they say trending, we don't know what that's really made up of. So if it is the younger generation, right, younger than us, one could argue what we were talking about a few minutes ago, which was that as time has gone on, they have been desensitized. So they don't have that moral compass that says this is atrociously disgusting and has like jumped the shark and no way is this redeeming at all. And therefore I'm not going to do it. Whereas we 
having been raised with a stronger moral compass and not desensitized to it, are able to say, hey, I'm not watching this. This is where I draw the line. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's why I was making the joke like this squid pro quo. There's no give and take. There's nothing redeeming that I'm getting out of it. And it's off the table. I just think that I have to do better, at least as a mother, with my children who are in this generation Mm -hmm. that are, for whatever the reasons, attracted to the sexiness, I guess. Yeah. It's seductive. The seductiveness of of danger, the excitement and thrill of breaking the rules, even within technology. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's not so dissimilar to the conversations that we've had about allowing our kids on social media or watching the TikTok things and going onto Snapchat and just being part of a very, very slippery slope where there are no real parameters around what they are being exposed to. Well, there has to be, and we have to do better. And I think it starts at home. I think it starts at home. And I think parents in general, for the listeners out there, if you agree with anything that we're saying, if you too are turned off by all of the thrill of of the negativity, of the danger and the killing and the sexiness of blood and guts and backstabbing and crime and pulling the wool over people's eyes in in all of these capacities, then the buck stops here. Well, yes. And this goes back to, you know, sometimes you ask me a question and I said, well, it really starts with the parents. We have to be able to stop the train going down the tracks, right? And that's a very hard thing for parents to do because all the other kids are doing social media or they're watching these shows or they're talking about it. We have this feeling like we don't want our kids to miss out, but we are creating such a dangerous path for our children where there will not be any, what we call the superego, that ability to have a right and wrong barometer in our minds, right? And a conscious right and wrong barometer in our minds to say, you know what? No, that's not good. And shame on us if we don't instill that in our children. And the longer we let this train go, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Is it the Joneses, the Johnsons, whatever their names are, right? Whoever our neighbors are this week, right? As long as we try to keep up with them, we are doing a disservice. And it all comes back to all these conversations that we've had, Rach. Like, I know that sometimes I talk and I have to say things like six or seven times to not only our listeners and not only to my patients, but to you as well before it all comes full circle. But that's the reality of it is that we are... We are dummying down and corroding our society by allowing this stuff to infiltrate our children. Yeah, you're right. And I'm all for competitiveness. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I'm I'm on competitiveness, but not at the expense where the winner wins because someone else dies. Dies, Or someone else, their life is ruined or someone else is exposed at the expense of someone else winning. That is just not okay. And I'm so unbelievably uncomfortable with it that I almost really check myself to say, I'm finally getting the memo. Why was it okay for me for all these years to be enthralled with these shows and get into the sexiness of it and 
be attracted to the darkness. I'm not anymore. I think it's so in poor taste. And I'm just completely turned off. I'm happy to watch docu-series about issues that are real. And yes, it's okay that that's disturbing. But if it's real life knowledge that now I'm learning about through the medium of entertainment, I'm okay with that. A little Mm -hmm. bit of uncomfortability as that's your whole industry. The only way to learn is to get uncomfortable with what's true. And that's what I'm talking about. But not this make-believe, disgusting garbage of violence and hatred and lies and deceit. And that's what should entertain us? No way. It's moral corruption. I mean, it's really just moral corruption. And I do agree with you. I mean, I think being uncomfortable, like we've talked about other shows that have made us very uncomfortable, like the scenes from a marriage, right? Viscerally uncomfortable watching it because it triggers real things that people struggle with in their relationships and how other people respond to it and how our actions have consequences and impact other people. But to make this up and to create it where people think it's okay to be greedy and aspire to having money at the price. And again, I haven't seen the show, but at the price of losing somebody to death, to me is we have lost all sense of right and wrong. And I'm a pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here as you're talking and I'm questioning myself and I'm like, am I just prude? But I'm like really the furthest thing from a prude individual. And so there's really nothing off the table when you're a therapist to work with and hear. I just feel like I want to live in a society where we are good, kind, generous, giving human beings who have moral compasses and know the difference of right and wrong. Otherwise, people are going to be raped on the street. And look, I think this ties into, and this is a total aside, but I just had a thought of it. I, I want to scream, curse, and maul the person who is videotaping the woman being raped on a train because that or being beaten at a mall, the person videotaping who's not stepping in to help. That is where our society is going because of shows like this. Well, not where it's going. It's where it is. It is. And that is my point, to exploit someone else's pain and suffering, vulnerability, and and complete desperation Mm -hmm. for their own consumption of, I hate to even say it, but joy, entertainment. I can't wrap my head around it. And I just think the buck stops here. And there's a bunch of shows that all play into this. But I think for me, when you say like, well, what was your aha moment? My Mm -hmm. aha moment was learning about this squid game phenomenon that you know, as they say, you know, what the kids are talking about these days. And it isn't just kids, it's adults too. And I just don't like it. And it doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth. And we've got to do better to bring kindness back to the forefront and, and find some sexiness in kindness. And absolutely do gooders. Is that? Yeah, no, the do gooders. And absolutely. And the realist in me says these shows will continue to be produced. Okay, because people are making a lot of money and have a lot of followers and and spectators and watchers who are not as insightful as maybe you are, Rachel, and saying this isn't working for me. The best that we can do and our listeners can do if they feel strongly is just don't support it and watch something else. And slowly and slowly and slowly, maybe that message, if we start watching the Ted Lassos of the world or we start watching, you know, Shits Creek and all of those fun 
you know, funny, warm-hearted shows. Maybe the tide, and again, maybe this is naive of me, but maybe the tide over time will shift back to, we have to go back to our like founding principles here of do right by other people, be kind, don't take advantage of other people's vulnerabilities. And maybe we can turn the tide. I just don't know because just when I think it can't get any more, uh, I don't even know the word anymore, any more outlandish. outlandish, Thank you. Yeah. Stock value, you know, DEFCON 10. Yes, it does. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we have a responsibility. I think we've said it several times already on the podcast. And we should probably wrap it up on that. It's funny because we always have all these shows that we're encouraging our listeners to watch. This time, we're encouraging you not to watch. We'll be canceled because of it. But I'm okay with that. If I make my mark... (laughs) Yeah, don't believe the hype. The hype these days is one of just bottom-of-the-barrel murkiness in dark water of dreck truly, that just is gross. And I am not supporting that type of, you know, I'm all for dramedies if it's something to really make you think about it. There is some value and takeaway in the dark side. I, You know, again, I don't want you to make fun of me like, oh, you're talking about balance again. I'm okay with finding the balance between good and bad, darkness and light. I pride myself on that. Sure. When the darkness is just so incredibly Disgusting. I just, that's where I'm turning it off. And it's funny today that we're having a podcast about it, but I really want to convey to the listeners, don't do it. Don't get sucked in. Don't believe the hype and find something that lifts you up and brings you joy that you're inspired by to either watch the positivity, participate in the positivity, create your own positivity, and then share it with your loved ones. And that's how we make great change. At least that's my perception of it. And that's my takeaway. And I hope, Dr. Boca, you agree with me. And that our listeners, if they learn nothing from our conversation today, it's spread love, not hate, not death, not danger, not villainous excitement, be excited by joy. Be excited by the hero. Be excited by giving back. Be excited by putting a smile on someone's face. And that's how we make great change. I think that's so well said, Rachel. And look, this is a tale as old as time. I mean, not to be like cheesy. This is what life is about is people have made millions off of luring on people's vulnerabilities. But again, this is taken to such a deep, dark place that it is so viscerally disgusting and unsettling that we have to check ourselves and really own this one and say, this is not okay. Agreed. Agreed. On that note, everyone, we wish you a wonderful Wednesday. Do not watch <laughs> Netflix. Go out and in the fresh air and look up at the beautiful sun and thank our lucky stars for another day on this beautiful earth and give back in the best possible way that makes you feel great when you put your head down on the pillow tonight as Dr. Boca and I will definitely do today as well. You always make me feel better, Dr. Boca. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate you putting me in check when I need to be checked. Don't forget to follow us. That's right. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Unpolished Therapy on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Untherapy. You can always email us your thoughts, your concerns, your questions, your likes, your dislikes at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you. Your feedback is incredibly important to us. Please subscribe if you haven't already. 
rate, review, share with your friends. The more, the merrier. Merrier being the most appropriate word of today's podcast, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It could not have been any more poignant than that word. So well said. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful week, Dr. Boca, my dear favorite friend on Wednesdays. And to all the listeners out there, have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday and have a wonderful, wonderful week. We will see you next week where we ditch the couch, grab the mic, and we break down all the unpolished wreckage. Have a terrific week, everyone. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>